Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the TF Podcast. I'm here with Michelle O'Connor. Excited to chat about all things wallets and, and banking and digital banking, digital uh, wallets, digital currency, gold, and just what's been happening in uh, these really, really interesting times. So uh, with that, Michelle, uh, thank you so much for being here. And I'd love if you could introduce yourself to everybody. Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, my name is Michelle O'Connor. I'm the VP of Marketing and Community at Uphold. If you are one of the few that are unfamiliar with Uphold, we're a digital wallet platform that connects old and new money systems. I love that. I think that's an interesting way to put it too, because we think so much about cryptocurrency and and Bitcoin in particular, and we you know we consistently talk about digital currency and digital money, which is obviously where uh, things have have started moving and are going towards. But uh, you know, there's definitely needs to be things like fiat on ramps or you know bringing old money into new money. So, you know, what's what's a little bit of background there? How did that come about? I, I think you said you've. Uphold's been around since what 2012 was that right or how long we were founded in 2014 14 okay um and it basically came out of inspired by kind of the 2008 financial crisis where legacy banks had just abused the system and weren't creating democratized access access to assets and financial services they were the richer were getting richer and the unbanked or underbanked were not able to have simple services or they were paying excessive fees. There was no transparency. Um, fractional banking, which is something that's going on now and becoming highlighted again, was rampant. And it, it just really became our founder knew there had to be something better. And he then came across Bitcoin. It was kind of this aha moment as those visionaries have, right? that it was, there's something better, there's a solution better. How do we take this technology and make something better? And how do we digitize actually the US dollar and things like that? So right. back in 2014, they were having kind of the first version of a stable coin actually. Very interesting. Um, I'd love to touch on just the fractional banking part for a second, because sure. I just find that super fascinating. Um, and like you're saying is when we're told that we can only take a certain amount of money, you know, out of our accounts, uh, even if we have the money, you know, at certain times, that that's definitely a reflection of that, right? So I'd yep. love if you kind of touch on that, um, just to guess what that means from like, you know, being, um, having reserves and things of that nature. Sure. So if you go to your bank now, let's say you put $10,000 in your bank, they then take that money and lend it out and make money on your money. All of the while you're getting hit with fees and this and that, depending on what bank you use. That, that means it's fractional. If you were to go in and every person that had put $10,000 at the same time went in and said, I want my $10,000 back, they're fractionally reserved. They don't have all of their deposits on call if everyone, it's called a run on a bank. If everyone was to go in at the same time, not everyone's money is there. Mm -hmm. Th that's not how it should be, especially if banks are also making money on their customers, right? right? You get NSF fees, you get annual account fees, you get yearly credit card. There's fees, there's a fee for every fee and then there's fees on top of fees. And how many times on money um, are banks typically lending on, do you know? Or bringing I don't 
I'm not sure because I think it varies by bank. Yeah. From what I've read and heard and blogs that have written in the past, it's like 25 to 30%. Yeah. It's kind of where you're at. So if you think about where's that other 70%, it's out making more money for the bank. So it's a really, it's a business, right? Everything's a business. But for consumers to understand and know what's happening, especially in volatile markets, transparency is important. Obviously, blockchain, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrencies provide transparency. We as a company believe in transparency and actually publish real-time transparency of all of our obligations. Um, It's the transparency page on our website. So you can go anytime and see all of our holdings, all of our assets from what we're holding, what our obligations are to our users across the 50 plus currencies and assets that we support. Yeah, very. That's awesome. And I, I think I remember reading on your site somewhere that you are fully reserved. Is that correct? Absolutely. So we're over 100% reserved at all times, usually between 100.4 to 100.6, depending on what the market's doing and what we're doing. That means that at any time, all of our users would be able to withdraw their funds, like the example I gave previously, mm-hmm. but conversely. So they would be able to because we're over reserved yeah reflection to our obligations to our users and why that's important is going back to we're we're digital service right there there's no brick and mortar um our executives are obviously talking and doing podcasts like this and things but at the end of the day it's built on trust and community and we believe that that transparency page and being fully reserved is an important part of our model so it builds trust and really is a pillar throughout the company of what we do and how we evolve. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that probably helps, yeah, just with overall goodwill and how people think of, of what you're doing. Um, and when, when, when that was kind of decided upon, it's like, okay, so from a business perspective, it's like, well, why not also, you know, fractionally reserve or, um, or, or I guess make that available from like a business perspective. But it right. seems as though like when I've, when I've talked to, you know, basically people on the digital side, perhaps it becomes, you know, a knowledge of how legacy systems work and that, or I should say it haven't worked. You know, wh- why, why I guess go down that path? It's a situation of how far do you go? Yeah. And, and what's the stop point? Uh, there are, more transparent ways to make money if that's obviously every business that's a goal right you have to stay afloat that's what you need to do there are better ways to do it there are more transparent ways to do it and it it hasn't worked how many i mean right now we're literally in the situation where there's a multi-trillion dollar stimulus aka bailout going on that where that's allocated to I, i trillions of dollars are not going to the u.s people so well yeah let's i mean let's let's dive right into that right it's, it's pretty crazy that i think it's what six trillion dollars have um are, are are accounted for for that stimulus and uh you know the, yeah the the average person is not necessarily feeling that there's definitely some some bailouts that have been coming in place and um, just a lot of craziness, you know, you have senators selling their stocks because they have insider information, you, um, you know, oh you, my you, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you have companies buying back their stocks or now uh, thankfully being told that they can't buy back their stocks, which is, yep. you know, seems like a, 
a, a pretty basic ask over there? You know, it's, what were your kind of thoughts you on think, all that right? craziness? Like, right, yeah. Here, here's a bunch of money. You can't go buy and make more money. Like, yeah. On yourself, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's pretty wild because, you know, part of, I, I understand the too big to fail mentality. I do. I really do. And perhaps like there is times when that is necessary, perhaps. Um, but it also seems as though for whatever reason, it's gets taken advantage of, right? It doesn't seem yeah. like it's, I, I, mean, I don't know if it's more uh, theoretical or philosophical than, than it is like you from an economic standpoint, because the economic standpoint is like, if your job is to return shareholder value, or if your job is as you know, as a, as a larger corporation, um, then sure, you're going to play within the rules that you've been given to continue right. to do that. Um, regardless if it's, you know, what the uh, optics of it, I guess, are, I don't know. So what? Um, oh, I can't remember her Twitter handle, but the, the money machine goes for thing. Um, doing right now. Yeah. Uh, um, Melton. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That it's been pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, totally. No, totally. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy times. So, you know, when, when, um, when you think about what, uh, what it means for companies and for people to be investing in digital currencies, when, you know, when we think about like the, the fiat on-ramp, let's go, I guess, with that, right? Uh, it's, we're seeing a lot of banks or hearing about a lot of banks uh, thinking about stable currency or thinking about digital currency. Yep. Uh, a, a couple months ago, there was articles out about how 10% of banks are thinking about or, or, or working on some version of a stable coin, um, you know, and it seems as though it's more for operational uh, than say for like the altruistic reasons of digital currency, you know, what, right. what, what, what are you, what are you seeing from your end and in, in that regard? So we support a few, uh, stable coins. We have UPUSD, which is USD and UPEUR, which is a Euro stable coin. We have a proxy token that works between those and other assets that's UPT. What's interesting about stable coins. And if you think about it, I was trying to explain this um, the other day and realized that if you step out of outside of our bubble, what's a stable coin people don't know, or they yeah. get really concerned and they think it's something kind of like sketchy or just like people associated Bitcoin a few years ago, right? Like, Oh, Bitcoin, what is it? Now everyone and their mom wants Bitcoin. Um, so I like to think of it as a digital dollar or a digital euro, and that's kind of the easiest way for people to understand it. It's the next thing, right? It's it's going to be what bridges legacy and new. Uh, I think there's going to be a shakeout from some of the smaller assets that are out there that might have a really cool use case, but how many currencies, how many currencies are there, and how many currencies can be used versus having a, a handful that really serve a purpose and have a real use case and have adoption. And that's kind of where it's like, okay, what's gonna get mainstream adoption? What's gonna solve the problem? How is someone going to pay their rent, buy a car, um, send money home every month, go to the store? Can they do that with digital currencies? They can, but it's more difficult ask and because there's still speculation in those assets there's vol extreme volatility 
So if you go and pay your rent in a digital asset and then it goes up or down one way or another, that's tough for you or the person that received it could be have a big gain or a big loss. So it's still volatility where we haven't reached that sweet spot of crypto solving the problem. So in my opinion, stable coins really are solving the mainstream road to adoption faster because they are just digitizing traditional currency that we already have. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. And when you, when you see like someone like JP Morgan or some of these other banks that are thinking about the digital currency, uh, I, I think it's super clear that the reason why they're doing it is to um, improve their processes. Um, totally. not, ne not necessarily like to, they're not necessarily looking to disrupt anything. Yeah. Uh, it's more just like, oh, I can send money quicker, easier, faster for myself and for, you know, my business entities. Like, of course, I'm going to do that. Like, why wouldn't you? Exactly. Right. And um, I, I agree. I, I think that's why I find uh, stable currencies to be super interesting um and uh you know i i see a world in the future where uh it's it, the evolution of the loyalty point right and so when yeah. you when you think about like just brands and retailers and um commerce type companies um yeah it's just like hey you know earn your amazon points or your whatever points um and they're essentially that they're stable currencies or stable tokens exactly. um right that have that that unique value to it mm -hmm. so um, yeah, I, I find it really fascinating, which is really interesting too, because, you know, I understand why like Jamie Dimon a couple of years ago was like, oh, I don't like Bitcoin. I, right. and I, and I get it. I get it. Why, why he wouldn't. And then I think it's funny how sometimes people have been talking because of the stable coin, like, oh, now J Jamie Dimon likes cryptocurrencies. Like, no, he likes making money and he <laughs> likes having a tool that allows him to make money or save money, right? It's not like he's right. making a digital token, a JP Morgan coin to beat Bitcoin. I don't know, that's just right. my thought on that at least. <laughs> no, I, I think it, it solves the problem, right? Makes it faster, cheaper, easier, more transparent, and they can do it all within their own system, not leveraging anything external. Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah. And I will say though, like that is actually what makes Bitcoin still more interesting to me. Like, it's funny because every time I see or I hear of a quote unquote, you know, potential rival or, you know, someone trying to do something in Bitcoin's name, I was like, oh, that makes Bitcoin even more interesting to me now yeah. because it like, to me, it actually increases its um, not uh, numeric value or, or uh, from an accounting perspective, but more just like it's, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's quality, it's, um, it's qualitative uh, value overall. Totally. Now when with, with uphold and, and with how, how you guys are thinking when you're bringing some of these new, uh, or sorry, when you're, you're blending the old with the new and so forth is, um, is it more buy side, sell side? Is it both? Um, how, how does that kind of operate? What, 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 what do you really see? It's really both. If you look at our platform now and what we offer, you can bring on funds through multiple different avenues. You can bring on through traditional, you know, in the U.S. it's ACH, in Europe it's SEPA, some SWIFT, um, Canada it's SWIFT, debit, credit card, uh, crypto rails, and you can hold or you can take off in the same methods. So the old and new is that you can come on with the old or the new 
trade into the new or buy some old and send it other ways too. It's really giving you an even playing field for old and new. So a lot of people will want to buy or send money abroad and they can send in the local currency. So I can send euros to Europe with, within my wallet. I can buy euros, I see what it is. There's no FX, it's instant. If I send it to Europe, my friend gets it in her card, you know, in her wallet, it's euros. There's no delay, there's no intermediary. If you try and send money now through a traditional, even a, a bank, you know, like Chase, there's multiple steps in between um, multiple fees and delays. And it, it takes days where you're just sitting there going like, why, why is this taking so long? So it's, it's bridging that gap that really is a problem that needed to be solved. And then the, we have an API where companies can integrate. And that is where it's taking traditional financial services. Like we have a, a partner where you can earn interest. We have a partner where you can hedge Bitcoin depending on the market volatility. You can send invoices to get paid like traditional you know, businesses do now, but you can say, I want to get paid in Bitcoin or I want to mm -hmm. get paid in whatever. So you can be working on the beach in Bali and invoice someone in London and say, I don't want to get paid in pounds. I want to get paid in USD, holding your wallet, being the beach in Bali, living your best life. Yeah. So it's really just, it's a borderless. Yeah, no, it's super, uh, I mean, tremendous value there. Uh, curious when you're saying USD and euros and pounds, are they stable coin equivalents or actual USD euro pounds that people are transferring back? It could be either. So it, it really could be, if it's USD, it's USD equivalent that's held in a bank in the US. If it's euros, it's the equivalent is held in Europe, multiple banks. Um, it, it, it depends. Or if you wanted to go stable coin, UPUSD would be the same thing. It's, it's just, if it's stable coin equivalent or if it's, the traditional USD equivalent. Yeah, no, I, I, that's interesting because I've, I've definitely heard of a lot of, of other companies doing the same, but usually they want you to convert into a stable coin, like yeah. to transfer. So like, oh yeah, well you can transfer USD instant or USD instantly. But what they mean is that you can transfer USDC instantly. So right. I think the fact that you're transferring, you know, actual fiat currencies like that is is actually very fascinating and uh, very interesting. Yeah. Right. No, it's super, it's when you kind of dig under the hood of what we can do, it's pretty cool. Like you can email any of our assets to anyone, anyone. Mm -hmm. They don't have to have an account. Hey, I want to send you $5 worth of gold. Two yeah. seconds later, however, however long it takes the internet to get it there, yeah. they have that equivalent waiting for them. Totally, totally. And can people actually buy on your platform or only store on your platform? Buy. Buy also. Any yeah. of the assets we support, they can buy on the platform. There's a uh, tier four currencies that are a little bit more speculative, a little bit more volatile that we don't have full connectivity to. And I think that's about right now, I think it's about eight, eight or nine of them that you can't bring on or take off. You can just buy and hold or exchange between any of the other currencies. Other than that, anything we support, you can buy, you can take off, you can sell, or you can send. Yeah, very cool. Uh, you know, I love to touch on just kind of the gold and Bitcoin front, right? So when um, the market went down uh, a couple of weeks ago now, 
uh, you know, money came out of everything, right? Many money came out of the stock market, came out of Bitcoin, came out of gold. Uh, you know, a lot of times when markets recover, you start to see gold, um, you know, kind of get the first influence of dollars and so forth. And curious if you're one, you're starting to see that on your end. Um, and then two, you know, we talk about Bitcoin being uh, digital gold. Like, right. are, are you also seeing that on the Bitcoin front as well? So it's interesting because we do support gold um, and a few other commodities. Our gold in the last two, two and a half weeks was 10 to 12 X in purchases to the point where we actually had to shut it down twice because the demand, the run on gold across the globe everyone was going there was a shortage the prices went through the roof and we had to say hold on a minute guys let's let's just take a breath and figure out what we're doing the separately reason for that is we have a partner where you can earn interest on gold so people were buying gold because it was on the dip it's a long-term investment but then they were putting it and saying hey i'm going to earn eight to ten percent on my gold holdings while it appreciates in value then there's also the like traditional goldists i call them who buy gold on our platform because it's easy because there was a shelter in place and then they ordered the physical equivalent of that gold via another api partner and had it delivered to their bunker oh. somewhere <laughs> oh interesting so i can buy gold on uphold and then i want my gold coins or whatever representation of that whatever you physical want, yeah. gold and i can have that yep. interesting and then I'm assuming you take it off my wallet once you send it to me. Yeah. <laughs> no double dipping. No, 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 no. And then Bitcoin, I mean, we had some of our busiest weeks when the real volatility hits because there's the speculators who, how far is it going to dip? Um, because you can move so easily between currencies, a lot of people see that it's starting to slip, sell wait for it to dip and then buy back in before it goes back up. So that we see a lot of that kind of activity as well. USD to BTC has been our busiest for the last probably 60 days. Mm -hmm. uh, USD to XRP has also been kind of a, a frequent, just consistent presence there. Then there, depending on the region, it kind of tears out from there. We have a big presence in Latin America that actually kind of ebbs between Dash and BTC. Uh, and then a lot of people getting paid and holding in USD. Very interesting. Um, yeah, that's, I, actually, I'd love to understand just kind of the foreign market aspect of, of sure. what you do and just kind of, I guess, the position that Uphold has or, or way of thinking there, right? Because um, there's some of these foreign markets or third world countries or emerging markets, um, you know, often gets said as being ideal places for cryptocurrency and so forth. And, um, you know, there's reasons why that works and reason why is that doesn't work, of course, but, you know, I'm curious like what you're seeing overall from a movement standpoint and I guess amount of wallets or, um, you know, more from that, right. Cause uh, so my family's from Venezuela and, you know, I hear a lot of times about like the Venezuelan, you know, reason for crypto. And I mm -hmm. actually, I have, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a great currency there. Um, and so, you know, people that listen know my opinions on that. Basically it's if, if you, you know, the, the average person in Venezuela gets $5 a month, right. To live. Mm -hmm. And so if you give them $5 in Bitcoin or whatever, it doesn't necessarily matter because, 
they just need to survive. But right. for someone in the middle class that, you know, would definitely be losing money that it makes a lot of sense for them, right? Like, you know, I, I do have family members who do have Bitcoin for that very reason. But I love, you know, from, uh, from, from your standpoint, like what you guys see when it comes to, you know, how these different countries um, in the emerging markets are uh, managing even, let's go with all, all currencies, right? From, yeah. from the, uh, the, the fiat old school to the new school. Sure. So I am really engaged with our community and very active and, and really kind of keep a pulse. I like to think I keep a pulse on a lot of what our users are seeing and doing and where they're moving and how they're doing and what problems we're solving, what problems we should be solving if we're not. Venezuela is a, a big market for us, as is a lot of Latin America. Venezuela has been for, what are we, 2020? At least three years. Um, Dash is one of our currencies that's popular there. And I think the reason that that has taken off is they've built a little ecosystem there where there's point of sale, people get paid in Dash, they can spend the Dash. It's not as volatile as a local currency. There's a Crip Mobile which is a partner of Dash, we are integrated into their wallet so they can buy prepaid phones. Um, it, it negates the problem of having spotty Wi-Fi service uh, because it's already built in. There's the text to pay and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. What I also see, especially in Venezuela, is there's a lot of gig economy or um, individual workers or designers or people that are working through um, their own websites or things like Upwork or places like that. And they're invoicing their uh, employers and they want to get paid in a currency other than their local currency because it is volatile mm -hmm. or it's essentially devalued to next to nothing. So we solve that problem. We can say, hey, you can hold an USD. You can get paid in whatever you want and automatically convert to whatever currency you want. And then they can actually enroll that money in our API partner and earn interest on it. So we're giving them access to a financial services product that we in the U.S. kind of take for granted. But three, eight, ten percent on a currency when you're when every dollar matters really is it's great to see. And I'm I'm happy that we're expanding through partners being able to give access to those kind of services. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, you've been in the, you know, in the crypto and Bitcoin blockchain space for quite a while now. What are, what are some things that you find interesting outside of, you know, just the wallet currency uh, sure. sort of thing? I think the communities are really interesting. And again, like I'm in it. So that that's a lot of where I live and see and, and seeing the the different concept of influencers and what that means and opinions and seeing the the rise of kind of the the crazy ico moments and, and what that brought out and then how that kind of shook out and it really i think refocused the industry and and at the end was better because it emphasized the importance of regulation and legislation and things like that i find it really interesting to see how it's evolving because it literally it's kind of still like the wild west when i started it was just like what in the world is this ecosystem and currencies and who are these people and how are we solving these problems and we're going to change the world and, and 
when you're doing something like that, you sit there and you work so hard around the clock. I mean, our team, we joke, we're like a borderless company because that's what we're offering for our services, but we're mm -hmm. a time zone list company because crypto never sleeps. We're working at different hours, all hours, because we have team all over the world that are working together to get these products shipped. So yeah. it's been really cool to see it go from the wild west to still kind of there because traditional legislation hasn't caught up. But I I can't wait to see where we are. I think what we're experiencing now with this pandemic will expedite legislation for digital currencies and fintech services and, mm -hmm. and things like that because it's a need, right? People just literally aren't gonna wanna touch paper money anymore. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I that's a really interesting point there. Uh, we, um, there's more, physical cash, like actual paper coins in circulation than ever before right now, which a lot of people don't realize that because they think about how much that they transact. And so whether that's in like a pillow or in the wall or being used, but they're, right. like, they're actually physically is more cash than, than ever. Um, and, you know, it's for, for companies that operate primarily in cash, it's definitely been a concern of them. Like, but they think right. about it in even like five years and it's not because they're not being, um, aware of it it's just because like hey if you have this much money but you have a cataclysmic event like what's going on right now and you know things are changing like people need to start thinking about if you're dealing with high volumes of cash you know how does the business model change totally i totally right. agree i totally agree there it's really interesting uh, and, and even from just other technology um you know i've seen some interesting videos of uh different um you know machine learning that and uh, um, like voice, uh, sorry, visual recognition software that when you push a button, um, before you actually push the button, like the button pushes, right? It like, it, yeah. you can sense it, right? So like things like that. Cause yeah, I mean, handing your credit card over to the cashier is like, wait a second. I don't know if I want to do that or, like right now, right? Well, I, I mean, if you think about it, we're pushing a hard reset on how we live our lives. Mm -hmm. And it, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of it. like you're not, you're not going to go the, are you going to go the ATM anymore? Are you going to take out money? What does that look like? I, I don't know. I don't know, frankly, like when we come out of it, what it looks like. And it's just making this industry more ripe and more, I, it, I mean, the stimulus, they announced they're going to send it out over the digital dollar. I heard that. I'm like, well, which one? <laughs> Who? So, um, it'll be an interesting moment. And I think this is going to fast track a lot of legislation and things that needed to be done. So that's for me, what I sit back going, I can't wait to be in a few years from now where we were and keep looking back. Cause if I look back a few years ago to know where we are now is so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you said it right. You know, it's, it's just the maturity of the space has, you know, continuously grown. Um, and it's interesting when you start talking and, and looking at some of these, you know, quote unquote, traditional big companies that you might think are not you know, uh, going to be thinking about that when in fact they are, you know, yeah. you have, um, you know, companies like Walmart who, you know, they, they did a patent for a, um, a stable currency, right. And then yeah. they're, they're using blockchain and, and, you know, I, I just had um, a gentleman from Samsung on, on here a couple of days ago and, you know, they're, they're very, very bullish on blockchain as a tech. And then, um, you know, they have their wallet, or sorry, their um, uh, 
their phones that are being released with uh, native wallets functionality, mm-hmm. right? You know, so it's like really it becomes a business case. You know, it's 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 no longer a um, uh, a, P- a POV or a you know altruistic. It's like hey, like there's a business case to be had to yeah. you know start thinking about this. You, you know, with, super cool. with that, has Uphold seen, um, you know, I guess, you know, quote unquote, traditional businesses like bring, you know, develop interest in, in the space overall or uh, what, what's that side of the business look like? Yeah, it's so we, from a business standpoint, have a lot of conversations a lot of the time. And I think it's a lot of, because we've been in the space kind of, we're pretty much some of the first that were in this space and, and the way we've built our model working with legislation and regulation and things like that. We are a source of truth. I think if you go to look from what a legacy company or what, a, if investors or companies are looking, they can go to us as a point of, okay, this is, this is how this is established and this is what they're doing. Yeah. Um, a lot of conversations happen. Um, even Samsung a few years ago had reached out to us to try and figure out what that would do. And, and there were a lot of conversations and education points of interest. Um, it's, it's interesting to see what people are doing. And if it's a big company, a little company, a traditional, they're, if they say it or not, they're looking into things. So it's really taking that and how are they going to use it and what are they going to do it? And, and is there the infrastructure there? Do they build something themselves or do they go to the company like us that has an API and just plug in versus trying to go from zero to one? Totally. So, yeah. Yeah. Like that build versus partner, build versus buy type thing. Definitely. Right. Definitely. Um, well, this has been a great conversation. I'd love to leave you with uh, kind of the floor. Is there anything that you want our listeners to think about or what kind of questions do you want to leave in people's mind as they go about their day after listening to this? Yeah, so I, I'm just going to give a plug uh, for our U.S. users. We recently have a debit card that's going to be launching that gives you spendability in assets that I mentioned. So you can do something like spend gold at, well, no one's really going to the drugstore right now, but you can do it online too. So when you're placing an order at Walmart for your grocery delivery, or you're placing an order with CVS, you can spend your gold, you can spend Bitcoin or BAT or any of the currencies we support. Um, It's a borderless card, which is kind of how we look at a lot of our services is nothing's regional specific it should go anywhere and do anything just like our wallet does and Mm -hmm. then separately as i said i'm very involved in our community so if you have any questions about uphold if you're a current customer a potential customer or you have questions reach out to me i'm always here to answer those questions if you have suggestions problems anything just reach out that's why we're here awesome well thank you so much uh before we end i have a question then on the on the digital um or sorry on the debit card and that is um when someone transacts and they spend bitcoin or gold or whatever it is do they go in the app ahead of time or something and say like i want to make sure i'm paying with this currency or how how does that work that's what's super cool about so there's an app for the debit card and you can toggle between the currencies you hold value in and you can say hey right now i want to spend bitcoin but 
30 seconds later, once you're out of that, you could say, now I want to go in and spend USD or I want to switch and spend basic mm -hmm. attention token or now I want to spend gold. It gives you the ability to take control of the assets you're spending versus some card up cards or they don't traditionally spin your assets. You have to transfer to USD and you're just getting hit with the fees. Ours are fee free. As far as transactions, you don't get hit with any transactions fees. What you spend is what you spend. And there's no foreign exchange fees as well. And they have uh, crypto cash back too. So it's 1% cash back and 2% crypto back. Wow, nice. That's excellent. That's excellent. Well, yep. I'll have to check that out for myself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, well, Michelle, again, thank you so much. Really appreciate the time. Um, and for everybody watching and listening, thank you for listening to another episode of the TF podcast. Please make sure that you are subscribed. Uh, and if you do so and are inclined, please uh, feel free to fill in those five stars if you like this and uh, make sure to share with your friends. Uh, we'll see you all soon. Thanks a lot. Thanks.